Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kings Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KingsCast, like on Facebook, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming off of an episode last week where the Kings had just got eliminated and had a couple games left in the season, and since then the season has ended and we're into the offseason. And we had a fun conversation last week about how the Kings might have some winning urgency this offseason, so we're really looking forward to that. Um, If you're looking for that episode or any other episodes, you can always find those streaming wherever you find your podcasts. Bringing to my co-host today, as always, Ryan, was good. How was that? Ooh, that was that respectable. Was yeah, that was, was a good one this week. What's going on? Pumped to be here. Um, that was a Keystone Light for all of our faithful listeners out there. I'm drinking Keystone again tonight. I've told you guys a story, I believe, right? My neighbor, old redneck Bill, always Keystone. I always got Keystone around now. Anyways, uh, yeah, it's been a uh, it's been an interesting week. Playoffs are here, dude. I love playoff basketball. It's freaking awesome because literally basketball every day. Like, dude, it was it was fucking great. You've, I watched basketball from like noon yesterday until I went to bed. It was amazing. Um, today, uh, I got to shout out my boy real quick. My boy Louis. Uh, we lived in we, we were like neighbors in Germany together. You know, when I was in my time in the military, and uh, I had to Facetime him today. He's a faithful listener, actually. I just found this out. I didn't I didn't really know he listened like that, but uh, I Facetime today because he's a big Knicks fan, huge Knicks, UConn fan, Patriots fan. Um, Yankees fan. Anyways, so I, I hit him up before the game, and uh, you know we made a little bet. Uh, I said Hawks and six, right? We got a little wager going on, but I said Hawks and six. So uh, Trey Young, thank you for hitting that game-winning runner today. Uh, that was nice. You know, he was arguing with me, and he was like, "Well, why, why you think, man? The Knicks are good." And I was like, "Bro, any team that starts Nerlens Noel, I ain't buying it." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm just not buying it. You got Nerlens Noel and Reggie Bullock in your starting lineup. Sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah, the the Knicks, uh, they've been an interesting, t- tough team this year. You know, that's a franchise kind of turned around. Some of the guys, you know, that that's a team right there, patient with with a couple guys. Finally, they get the right coach in. Mm. You know, things kind of happen. Mm. Um, but patience, yeah. eh. <laughs> nobody, nobody's yeah. on the roster. Nobody on the roster for more than two years. But like, well, I guess it, it's 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 what it is, right? What it is is you got a guy in Julius Randle who we've advocated multiple times for Sacramento to go get. Right. Obviously, he's untouchable now. Right. But you got a guy who hit, you know, 25 and became a man. Right. And took off like Julius Randle has been a beast at every level. 
you know, it just took him a minute. He was bouncing around for a second, you know, LA to New Orleans, and then he landed in New York, and all of a sudden he's like 26 now. Dude's a fucking beast, you know, like guy grew into his home. So, uh, you know, people gave up on him, dude. The Lakers gave up on him, New Orleans gave up on him, you know, and now look at him. He, he's most, probably going to be the most improved player in the NBA this year, and uh, legitimate star but yeah Knicks they kind of got fucking lucky dude that and you landed Thibodeau great hire right like Thibodeau's a winner he you know he did it in Chicago he took Minnesota to the playoffs that that few years that he was there so yeah you know right situation I guess got you know what he was as was, was a guy who was out on the market as a coach you know I'm looking I'm looking at the box for this game Ryan couple uh now, a former king who went off in this game, Alec Burks, Alec dude, Burks, just dropped yeah. twenty-seven. And then yeah. on the other side, people are people are going to be, you know, creaming themselves, which they've been. Uh, is a Bogdanovich? You know, he drops eighteen, but you know, whatever, man. That, that conversation's yeah, still been going on. Not that we're going to have that conversation right now, but but a couple former kings on there, um, playing, you know, but. Um, yeah, I, I think it's kind of the, the interesting, the calm before the storm right now in Kingsland, the season ends, you know, it's still a little bit of time throughout the playoffs. So there's not really going to be a lot going on, but a couple moves did happen and the big move did happen, Ryan, which, you know, I'd like, you know, we, we, we had a, a couple, a couple episodes, I guess about Luke Walton. And it's something that we've been trying to preach that level headedness, um, surrounding him, we, we really listed out the pros and cons of Luke Walton getting fired or coming back, and I think the big consensus with us wasn't really defending him. You know, it was just that uh, we both said, like, right, that it would be kind of you'd be a you'd be kind of a idiot and unfair to say that that guy got a fair shot the last two years. I mean, first season, COVID interrupted bubble, shitty roster that turned over midway through the year. This year, you know, they come in, COVID, uh, they didn't really do anything to the roster, you know, for the first half of the year. Um, you know, I, I just think it was it was one of those, they, they seem to be making the moves, Ryan, uh, towards the direction that we kind of foresee, you know? Well, and, and yes, it, it's spot on to what we've been saying. But, you know, you know, what really, um, you know, what in my opinion, what I think saved Luke's job this year um, was the emergence of Darren Fox, you know, Darren Fox thriving and, and legitimately putting up, you know, like top 10 stats in the NBA. When you look at, you know, totality of stats and his, you know, almost 26 points a game, seven assists or whatever it was four rebounds. Like, you know, those are elite numbers. Um, and I, I think that really had a lot to do with, uh, you know, Luke Walton staying and then, you know, obviously the the good play from Rashawn Holmes and, and Halliburton. So guys really just buying in. Um, you know, I want to be that guy, but buying into the system a little bit, being more comfortable. Let's say that, you know, showing a little bit of improvement. So, uh, but yeah, Luke Walton didn't get a fair shake. We're not going to go over that too much today. Uh, but yeah, when, you know, I saw breaking news, Luke Walton's back. Like, yeah, all right, cool. If I knew that was going to happen, if you didn't, you're an idiot. You know, like, you, oh, you it's just, always, it's just in denial. Coach. It's, it's in the denial, blame, dude. Yeah. It's the blame the coach crab people who just like automatically go there, you know, and that's the that's direction they want to go. And then, and and I think we talked about it enough too. Is like there's gonna be there's gonna be a number of jobs uh, on right now that are gonna be open in the NBA that might be uh, a better you know a better situation maybe yeah more appealing, more appealing. That's, a, that's a good way to put it. 
You know, like do the Kings even want to compete with the Trailblazers potentially for coaching candidates and you know, among yeah. others. So, I mean, he's going to get the next year, and it's it's one of those things too that yeah, okay, just build on what you've been well, building. You, you he's going to make get, a decision next year. He's going to get to the All Star break, and that's what we've been saying. There's no reason. What was you know our big thing was what was the difference between firing him now or giving him to the All Star break next year? There wasn't, uh, you know, because a lot of people were calling for Alvin Gentry to be the head coach anyway. You know, so give him to the All Star break. And that's what I expect to happen. I, I think they probably talked to him and said, hey, we're going to put a team that can compete next year, in our opinions. You know, we're going to do what we got to do to put a competitive team out there. And you have to the All-Star break. And I think if Sacramento is out of it at the All-Star break, then you will see Luke Walton fired 100%. Um, but I think it's a good move to give the guy that six months, you know, to to figure it out. You were talking about the emergence of De'Aaron Fox. Not, something I didn't bring up to you, but kind of a weird little thing here. Uh Darren Fox, because they they posted a thing about Derrick Rose, because Derrick Rose has been playing well, you know, he's in the playoffs. And I was looking, Derrick Rose's MVP season. You know, we're trying to compare Darren Fox's emergence. Stat, stats aren't very good. No, I remember. Well, the, well, the stats are are pretty much where Darren Fox is this season. Twenty five seven. You know, that's where yeah, Darren Fox they're, was. But they're year. not. You know, you they didn't win sixty two games. I get that. But. Yeah, but the thing, you know, the thing was, that, all right, don't even get me started on this stuff, dude. Because the reason, the reason Derek Derek Rose won is because they didn't want to give it to LeBron again. That's it, dude. It's like it's like it's voter fatigue, bro. Because you go look at there's another one too. You go look at like Steph Curry's first MVP. Like, dude, I want to say he averaged like twenty four points a game. That very first, that 2015 year, bring that up, dude. It's just voter fucking fatigue, dude. When LeBron's out there averaging 28, 8, and 8, not winning MVPs, like, get the fuck out of here, bro. Let's have a, let's have a little side. We don't really talk about NBA in general, but who do you think is going to win the MVP? Because everyone's, everyone's like, Steph, and, Steph no, Curry's going to make it. No, bro, Who's, you can't, I'm sorry, an MVP, if you're, if you're going to be an MVP, you can't be in the playing game. Okay. They and then and then lose on top of it. Like I know you're not supposed to count that, but like and then not even to fucking make the playoffs. Okay, not even be the eight seed. You f- are you kidding me? Okay, so for everybody who wants to hold people accountable, okay, you Pete for everybody on who says Steph Curry is the greatest point guard of all time, I don't give a fuck what you say. The greatest players of all time don't miss the fucking playoffs. Okay, they don't miss the playoffs when they have other Hall of Famers, Draymond Green, on their team. Okay, everybody's saying that roster's so bad. Andrew Wiggins isn't bad. Okay, well, I got I gotta and, say because people don't see you. You did give Draymond Green in quotations. Yes, as a, as a Hall of Famer there. Yes, <laughs> you know, but but okay, you know, I forgot, you know. But anyways, <laughs> you know, I don't even get me started, bro. I before the season, okay, before the season, I put out a tweet, okay, and that said, you know, if Steph Curry doesn't make the playoffs this year, that is a shot, you know, to his legacy. And everybody's talking about, well, how great Steph Curry is the best player on the planet right now. No, he's fucking not. Are you kidding me? He didn't even get in the playoffs. Get the fuck out of here with that, dude. Get the fuck out, bro. He did. Yeah. And for everybody talking, you know, LeBron James took a took a Cleveland Cavaliers team when he was like 22 to 61 wins with fucking Delonte West, who's on crack now. Uh Eric Snow, Larry Hughes, Drew Gooden, and Sejunas Ilgowskis, and fucking Booby Gibson. Okay. Yeah. The greatest players don't miss the fucking playoffs. Okay. Get the fuck out of here with that. Well, I just thought it was an interesting thing because um, Steph was getting all the love because of the stats. And, you know, it's like if you look, if you look at last year, if you look at, uh, Bradley Beal, I mean, he had the stats, you know, yeah, is the, it's stats, the same thing. He was scoring. So, 
people were just going crazy about, oh, he's the automatic MVP. And that's why I wanted to Jokic. So used Jokic. I think so too. I mean, the Nuggets are the are the third seed. He, the dude as a center without uh, Jamal Murray. Like, yeah, like 26, 10, and 8. I mean, that's pretty no, dude, special. It's, un- it's unheard of. It's unheard yeah, of. I, I, yeah, I think that the the fan people, the fan fans, you know, they're like, oh, Steph Curry, oh, statistical yeah. season MVP. But I think when it comes down to it, I think Jokic is going to win. But, yeah, I wanted to ask you because I hadn't really – you and I hadn't really talked about that, who we think is going to win the, the MVP. Um, but I, right. I would put – I would even put, you know, you want to go to the other side. I'd put a lot of guys in front of him, dude. I'd put James Harden in front of Steph Curry this year. Statistically, go look at it. I'd put um, when you, when you, you know, it's MVP, most valuable player. I'd, I'd probably, you know, his stats weren't great, but Chris Paul, you know, uh, I and I'm I'm usually a statistical guy, but what Chris Paul did this year is undeniable. You know, um, I would put there's Giannis probably in front of him again. You know, I'd probably put Dame Lillard in front of him. Uh, there's a shit ton of guys, dude. You know, you, you got to throw Donovan Mitchell's team has the best record in the NBA, the best player on the best team in the NBA. Like, come on. What do you, you know, Steph Curry has no business being in the MVP conversation. I'm sorry. He doesn't. Yeah, he, I thought, he doesn't. I thought it was I thought it was really weird. Uh, the Suns, though, man, I, I will say that because uh, we're kind of yeah, we're 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 kind of preparing to do our kind of Kings casting review in the next couple episodes. And I went back and listened to some of our previews on on the Western Conference. And yeah, completely wrong. I just did. That's the I one team. That was the one team. That was the one team this year that we that we shot. And, and I I remember thinking like, man, you know, they kind of do have a good team. But I just didn't I didn't see him putting it together, man. I, I, I underestimated Chris Paul. And he's one of my favorite players, too. And I underestimated him. I, I really did. So that was yeah. That was the one. That was the one mistake that we made this year. But it was hey, it, it was a bad one. I mean, I know no one first saw them going to number no, one two, two seed. Two seed. I, no way. Yeah. I, would, I really thought that they were going to be competing like literally around the Kings tier, you know, in that tier, like maybe a little yeah. bit above. But yeah, it, yeah very su- surprising. But I hear you on the MVP thing, and it's just an I- interesting thing going on in NBA land, you know. But um, back to the Kings. So the Kings have to solve their problems. Which we have a whole offseason talk about. I I'm looking forward to the offseason. It's always fun because people start getting fantasy stuff in their head, and it's fun conversations, you know. But um, the one that's not a fantasy conversation or fantasy topic because there's gonna be some there's gonna be some result to it. It's gonna be Rashawn Holmes, and what the hell is gonna happen with him, you know? So mm-hmm. um, coming into the year, you know, we were we were kind of like. We thought that he would get traded the deadline. I think you, you for sure, you pushed. We did a whole episode, the Rashawn Holmes episode. You were like dead on. They should have traded him. Even after the deadline, you're like, trade him. You were That was where you were, and you yep. never really budged. Perfect. I have to say that at the time, I was just kind of like, well, I was just hoping the Kings could compete, I guess, for the play. No, not this is where I stood. I hope that I hope the Kings could compete for the play-in game, and I thought that they were better served just keeping him if they couldn't get a good trade for him. And then just letting them probably walk or sign them to something cheap in the offseason. That's where I was kind of looking. So that's where it was. But either way, we both were never about that money. And, uh, you know, trying to remember back, Ryan, on the Rashawn Holmes episode, you know, where our, where our money was at. We The whole thing that you and I have been is, is never going to be $15 million average over multiple years. That's the that's where we were at. You know, we've said maybe he gets 15 the first yes. year, de-escalating, you know, 15, or like 13, a, 12. I, I, think, I think we said two years, maybe two years, 30 million was a possible even, one. But even, I, but I, I think we even said like second year as a play-in or as a, a, as a team option. Yeah. Um, I, but I, I, I know specific, I think I said 13 million. 
is yeah. what I, I I said three years thirty nine million I want to say is what I said max out and and I don't he don't even get that now sorry don't even fucking yeah. give him that yeah it's interesting I mean I I have to look back at what uh, what I put because I kind of put down my my whole thing for him in the off season was like uh, like I said a de escalating like a like a mm-hmm. you know you know fourteen. 12, 10, or so, something like that over a couple of years with, with a team option on the back end. You 15, know, that's what you 15, hope for. Like 15, 13, 11, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, just something random like that, right? That, that's that's the most I saw. Yeah. But anyway, so he's he's coming into the offseason. I don't think he did himself many favors down the stretch, you know. And and you have a lot of people out there in Kingsland, prominent people. You know, Cowbell Kingdom has been probably the number one uh, champion of Rashawn Holmes in the Kingsland group. Um, but other people too, you know, and then you have Tony uh, from Cap City posted that thing this week, you know, that article that he had, you know, has been all over about the 20 million a year average over four years. What what high ass franchise is, is doing that, dude? What's going on? You know, it's those types of reports that starts confusing people. And that's why our boy Chris Lard out there who just who loves <laughs> Rashawn Holmes. Shout out to you, Chris. I told him when he, he got that jersey, I said, hope you got that jersey insurance, man, when you can trade hey, back. He, uh, you know, it's funny. I was just going to bring bring him up too. shout out chris man good dude we, we've met him yeah he was a nice guy uh, yeah so yeah so so the other day when when that came out um where was i don't know if it was that post or something but i had commented i'm like no something and then chris was like rashawn holmes episode coming soon i'm like gonna have to bro like we're gonna have to you start putting crazy shit four years 80 million like you gotta have to have it bro but it's like you know, I didn't want to come on here and talk about Rashawn Holmes again, but it's like, dude, you start putting shit out like that. That's just absurd. But like you said, what high franchise is doing that? Yeah. Yeah, no, 14 points, eight rebounds, one block. You know, his field goal percentage, the field goal percentage shit is so hilarious oh, to me because it's like, you, you, okay, you guys watch Kings games. What shot does Rashawn Holmes take? He takes like the little like five foot little push shot. That's it. Shot. That's it, but it's, dude. It's just funny. It's, it's funny not like he's out here because... off the dribble. Well, it, it's funny to me because we, uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had, you know, I was hating on the field goal percentage um, stat, and we brought up like the last like ten um, field goal field goal percentage leaders in the NBA, dude. And there was a lot of nobodies on there. There's yeah. a lot of guys that was kind of just like that dude's hella average, bro. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, you know, like DeAndre Jordan's known as a defensive player, defensive player and a rebounder, and he's led the league in field goal percentage like four different times. It's like get the fuck out of here, bro! Like nobody gives a shit about that. I would say, I would say that generally, Casey ran a poll to gauge Kings fans out there, and I'm I pulled the poll up, and he gave the options of uh. 13 to 14, 10 to 12, and 15 to 16. 15 to 16 is the minority. No one even voted for 20 million. No. Um, a lot of people were in the 13 to 14 range, which I I, I, I still don't even think to. it's going to Yeah, I don't think it's going to even get that to. high. Yeah. Let's have but, a, I, but I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, so that's the thing. If they give him 13 million, like it's like I said, like three years, 39 million, like I don't know how mad I'd be about that. I don't want it to happen. I, I'm at the point now where it's like, fuck, you should have traded him. Now, now you're going to cut your losses and you're going to let his ass walk. Right. That's where I'm at now. But it's uh, I, I, I guess I wouldn't be terribly mad at that. But yeah, honestly, dude, give his ass t- three years, 30 million, dude. He don't want that. Get the fuck off. Get the fuck out of town. I don't think that he did himself really any favors. If you look, you know, that's that's where we've had conversations about when you kind of grade guys, gauge guys, pay guys. You do it in the in their totality of play, you know their 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 stat average. And if you look at Rashawn Holmes, and he's only been on the Kings for two years, and in both years he struggled to make it through the entire season. 
you know, and that's at the end of the year missing significant amount of time. So in year one, he missed the all-star break pretty much until the league shut down again. And then he came back for the bubble and, you know, didn't really, he didn't really do much in that bubble play last year. And then this year he comes out and he played, he played really well first half of the year. He he did. did. Yeah. I mean, it's not a knock, but, but then he, if you look at the last six weeks of the season, you know, you know, where was Rashawn Holmes? He's, he's only played, uh, Let's see. I'm looking. He's played 105 games um, for the Kings, you know, and his average is out of how many, you know, uh, you know, 72 this year. All right. And then 55 last year. You know, so maybe maybe a little more. I mean, maybe he's missed like, you know, 30 something game. Yeah. That's significant, though. You know, yeah, but it shows it shows, you know, him getting hurt at the end of the year. He hasn't made it through a season yet. You know, like a lot of people want to hate on Marvin Bagley and give Marvin Bagley shit. You know, well, you got to take into consideration Marvin Bagley's pretty much a kid, dude. He's young. His body's not developed. Rashawn Holmes is in his prime. He's 28 years old. He's when in the prime, get, of, prime of his career right now. You got to make it through seasons. The thing about Rashawn Holmes has been that he, in order to even get his statistical baseline of 13 and seven or eight or whatever it is, he needs to play, you know, those starting minutes. 30 minutes a game. You know, he yes. needs that just to reach that level. So what, it's like, realistically, what are you going to get a Rashawn Holmes at 25 minutes? Even if he just cuts down four minutes a game, what's his, what's his 25 minute stat production, 12 points, seven rebounds, you know, and then you can't even bank on him to come in night in and night out and play the whole year. Guys who get paid 20 million are guys who their fixtures in the starting lineup every night, and and say what Harrison you will, Barnes, Buddy yeah. Heald, thirty six fucking minutes here and there, yeah. thirty averaging thirty four minutes over the season. That's what makes Buddy Heald fucking valuable. That's what you I was know? just gonna say. Say what you will about Buddy Heald, but the guy plays hell of minutes. He's a fixture in a starting lineup, and and when you pay guys that much money, that's what you're looking for. And and really, that it's not a lot of guys but, on every roster that can do that. Some get, rosters don't even have guys that can do that you know uh so most guys in the league are like rotational players rotational doesn't mean that you play like five minutes rotational can be like 20 minutes 24 minutes 17 to 22 minutes yeah and so that that, that's the contracts reflect that and nba gms they're they have to be savvy because they operate in a cap space league and so they're not just gonna they're just gonna hand this this guy at 29 years old or 28 years old or whatever he is this year you know 80 million and because where it's like where is he at in four years 80 million because like he's good for the community and shit you know like I, i just don't that's not how they do things and I don't really see that that number coming. I never saw that mon- that number coming. I'll be fucking surprised. And, and honestly, ain't happening. This this it ain't, it's not happening. But this this slim chance it does happen. Um, it's not. I don't know, man. Maybe I'll just go jump out in the freeway because that is it's just not like, why even watch Kings Kings games at this point. That's how I feel about it. That's it. it it's know? not hap- It's not happening. Look at look at Bigdonovich last year. They would have paid Bigdonovich then. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. They at this point last year at this uh, you know at that point in their careers you you were looking at it who's the better player Bogdanovich or Rashawn Holmes last year you know it was Bogdanovich they didn't fucking pay Bogdanovich why the fuck are they gonna pay Rashawn Holmes now if Sacramento would have became like the sixth seed this year okay and Rashawn Holmes would have had the same statistical output that he did I think Sacramento would be more inclined to resign him but the fact that you know, he wants twenty million, and they didn't even make the fucking play-in game. No, it's not gonna happen. Sorry, dude. That's Sorry. the thing. You're, 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 you're the odd. You're the odd man out. Sorry. It's it's a good point, Ryan, because it's a good point for those of you right now that are listening. Chris, uh, if he is, is is like, uh, is is what you said right there. Just pay him. Just pay him. Okay. So you're you're basically saying you're gonna because if you do pay him, you're locking in 
the, you're locking in everybody and you're basically committing to this for us now you know what the counter is for, yeah, for all i was just people? gonna say that all I was the just counter is it. is is trade buddy healed for cap space yes in order to do it and yes. it's like then you even look at that does that even make the kings better right. i don't think it does and and the same thing too ryan yeah, if you trade Buddy Hill, guys, you do have to take back money. It's not just gonna free up twenty million of cast base. That's not how. And that then works. who the who the fuck is gonna fill thirty two minutes a night? And please do not tell me Tyrese Halliburton. Okay, don't tell me Tyrese Halliburton. He's not gonna play. He shouldn't play thirty two minutes a night. Sacramento will not be successful if they have to have Halliburton play thirty two minutes a night next year. He's a yeah. good player. I like him. He's not ready for that, dude. It's a grind. Thirty two minutes a night over eighty two games. That's a fucking grind, dude. That that's not doing Tyrese Halliburton justice. That's not good player development. You know what I mean? Like it, it sucks. It sucks. You know because I I know why people like Rashawn Holmes and I get it. I really do. I do like him. I I think he's a cool player. You're the odd man out, man. Sorry. It just so happened that your contract was up at this time, and it is what it is. You know they 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 have his Harrison Barnes, Deeron Fox, and Buddy Hield on the on the uh, on the roster who are making money, dude. And you're just the odd man out. Well, you 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 taught you said earlier any team that starts Nerlens Noel, and if you you know we can go through playoff teams and go look at their starting centers, and if you look at how playoff teams are built, you know there's there's always a player in the starting lineup who can just handle minutes and and play a role, but then a lot of money is allocated to like six through nine, and on and, and that's why you look at Utah. You know I, we talked about Utah in past podcasts about like Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles and guys like that coming off your bench. That's what makes you a good yeah Royce O'Neal. Yeah, Boston that's what who makes, plays hell of minutes, dude. That's what makes you a, a good team, you know. And, and that's what the, if you if you're really honest about the Sacramento Kings the last two years, it really has been that, and that they haven't really invested into that that next portion of the um, of the roster, which is that six through nine spot. And honestly, just overpaying Holmes would even cram that and ruin that even more, make it even more difficult. And I just don't honestly think you could say they're better. They're, they would be better off for it i just don't think you could i mean realistically when you can go get a center on short-term deals you know two centers really who could who can kind of fill out fill out different nights you know they the whole they tried to sign white side they didn't play him i mean the guy could play i I, they didn't want to play him but there's got to be other people out there who can do things you know there's there's guys out there and the kings are not gonna it's not make or break from the center position it's really going to be surrounding De'Aaron Fox and the bench and some depth is really going to make a break of the Kings, I guess is my point, you know, but the cap space, Ryan is another factor, uh, just with the Kings this off season, because, uh, our, our boy friend of the show, KC, uh, made this post. KC keeps getting blocked on, uh, you notice this KC has a new, he has a new uh, profile on Kings line every, every couple weeks. Facebook just keeps blocking him. Um, but he so he posts he made out, a post. out here out here doing hood rat shit I guess he's huh? doing hood chat hood rat shit with his friends dude yeah, uh, yeah KC man he's somebody uh, must be he, must be playing touch button the park with <laughs> with that dork with that dork <laughs> yeah that the, I don't know if people get that reference dude shout out Nate Diaz yeah they get that reference <laughs> um, so okay KC made this post though and it was from Wojnowski uh talking about reported cap good post KC I like this I'll have to hit him up and let him know um but it, it talks about where the Kings cap space will be next year what's guaranteed and on the books and you know because of COVID and shit probably the the cap is going to drop a little bit and it's going to be set at 109 million the Kings aren't going to go so if I swear to God Ryan if I see one post on Kingsland about the Kings Kings should go push the the luxury tax I it's just I'm going to laugh you know 
Although you know what, fucking Vivek, you fucking should bet. You should overpay to make us satisfied. If it if it was the <laughs> well, well, let's 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 be devil's advocate here, okay? Yeah. The free agent class is fucking loaded. Uh huh. Right. Hypothetically, right? Zach Levine wanted to come here at one point. Okay, Zach Levine's gonna be a free agent, and they were like, "Fuck it, we're gonna sign Zach Levine." I guarantee you, you would be on board with pushing the fucking luxury tax. Am I wrong? Yeah, but I guess my what I was saying is I don't want to see one post made to push a luxury tax to keep fucking Rashawn Holmes. Okay? Oh, okay. I, and I, I get that. <laughs> or Mo Harkless. Like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, But you know what? I don't give a shit about Vivek. You, you've on, he's on this team for like almost a decade now. Like, you know what? Hey, cash out, brother. Take us to the promised land. But back to the point, though, the, the cap spaces, there's not a lot of wiggle room here. That's the point I'm trying to make. Um, there's not a lot of wiggle room. And uh, based on KC's post here, looking like $9 million. You know you always can maneuver things around, but I, I don't even think they're going to have the ability to pay Rashawn Holmes. You know, They're going to have to use all these exceptions and stuff that, that teams have to be able to get bring back a Harkless and Terrence Davis and guys like that, use the draft pick. Um, but I really think, Ryan, so people, we, we talked about right there, right, that people say trade um, Buddy Hill to make cap space, okay? Or, Her- or Harrison Barnes. But that's what I was going to go next. Realistically, I think if they're going to trade anybody, I think they would HB. trade Harrison Barnes. And I it's not too. to tra- – I don't think they trade HB to go <clears throat> to then overpay Holmes. No, I think that no. they would do that, well, that they would let Holmes walk, keep that cap space, and they could potentially trade HB to, to be able to run. S- to make guys and, yeah. and then sign a couple players and have some cap flexibility yeah. in the next two years. That's yes. mostly probably the real – you agree? I 100% agree. And uh if I had to put my money on it, and if there was a big move that happened in Sacramento this year in the offseason, that's going to be it. HB gets moved. Uh, Holmes gets, you know, Holmes walks, or he realizes he's not worth $20 million and he comes back to Sacramento on a three-year $30 million deal with a team option for the last year. Um, that's what's happening is, you know, if there is a huge move, it's it's got to be HB. You know, yeah. I, I, I think... Um, you know him just his his ability he 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 would really fit on any team right like his all around play his play style his um you know everybody just says how great of a locker room guy he is and I'll say you know any team would be happy to take Harrison Barnes and they you know he can contribute so I I really think that yeah they could take it on and you know maybe Sacramento takes on you know two expiring contracts or something for that to make it happen or whatever you know I'm not gonna get the details on it but yes if there is a huge move this year I think it's I think it's HB um friend of the show chris b always says you know ahb is a top 15 small forward you know it's yes yeah. uh, teams don't have like there's not like an abundance of small forwards walking around that you can play a lot of minutes since you know there was a reason teams were after him at the deadline i'll ask you this ryan for the people at because at the deadline we were not we were like someone someone posted on our, our last podcast because i said we were we were uh you know hold the line at the at, at the trade deadline right we didn't mm-hmm. really want them to blow it up and i didn't really think they needed to trade barnes at the time because no, we just really didn't. saw we saw the benefit of playing for the play-in game yeah. so like you know for people saying well that's why you should have traded him at the deadline no it's no. different like we're shitting, no. the reason we want to trade rashawn holmes at the deadline is because he has an expiring contract and, and he could walk for nothing. for nothing yeah yeah but if you want to if you want to if you want to trade uh, uh barnes at the deadline, you didn't really need to because you can just trade him in the offseason yeah so and that was that right? was the point that was the point we made i remember coming on here and being like why trade harrison barnes right now you can just trade him in freaking june 
Yeah, you still have his rights, so it's like like or July, whatever. You know what I mean? Like you could trade him in July. What's the point in trading him right now? Get the fuck out of here. Because people yeah. were coming on like we're we need to trade him for Aaron Nesmith and you know a second round pick, you know from Boston. That's what we need to do. Aaron Nesmith. That's who we need. It's like get the fuck out of here, dude. Like Sacramento's not doing that. Okay. Well, I would say now that the season's over, the hind. You know, I love this shit. The hindsight crowd. They don't. They make their takes in hindsight and not what was going on in the moment, you know. And and I think that now that you did, the Kings didn't make the play-in game or didn't make the playoffs, it's it's way easier now to say, well, we should have traded everybody. But you know, I think that's that's just how people are. They they like to make those takes in hindsight. I think it was the right thing because they still have his rights. But his twenty million dollars really would free up space. And again, I'll make this point just so we say it right. I don't think they're gonna trade Harrison Barnes to pay, then turn around and pay Rashawn Holmes $20 million. That's not happening. I think Rashawn Holmes walks or gets that little cheap deal like we talked about. And if HB does get moved, it's just a free up cap space for them to do the other moves. The, the Harkless, the, the Davis, the, the random other person that they can bring in, the draft pick, mm-hmm. and then they have a deeper roster because of it. you know. But they it would leave a gaping hole at small forward, which is the only well, thing. It's like we said, dude, you're going to leave 34 minutes a night that you got to fill. That's hard. You know, the best ability is availability, dude. And that that's hard, you know, to fill those kind of minutes, dude. You know, like Sacramento doesn't have the depth right now to do that, you know. So it would have to be, you know, you trade HB and you have to go get some guys. Like you have to. You can't roll out there with Jameis Ramsey next year if you got rid of HB. You know, you, I think can't, that, I, you can't run I think out there dude, with, like Robert, with Robert Woodard like you did this past year. You just can't fucking do it, dude. There's they, Those guys can't play those minutes. I think it would be criminal to run back with the uh, the G League roster. I mean, we <sighs> we said a couple weeks a weeks ago. I said it, how irresponsible it was uh, to even come into this year with that type of death. But he got a pass because it was a COVID shortened season, and and he was here and, for like a month before the yeah, season. Yeah, so I mean, you you get you get that pass, but you can't do that crap two years in a row. It's gonna be interesting though because really. Um, I, I this is where you and I we kind of nerd out on the GM aspect of, of building teams in basketball because the Kings, they have a little bit of cap space and they have to make some tough decisions. And, you know, we get to see where McNair, his head's at. His, his moves are going to be really telling, you know, just like they were last year. Just like we were about the McDonavich thing too. And it's funny because people who, who make takes about the Kings, whether it's media, bloggers, or even fans on Kingsland or us, you know, um, a lot of people see see things happen and they don't see the full the full effect of a decision and they only see like one side of a decision and they get so emotional and worked up on it. But um, that's that's kind of I guess what I'm saying is there's going to be a lot to consider when decisions are made this offseason. And a lot of it, I think, is going to revolve around cap and locking in cap for more than two years. That's what it's going to be. I don't know how much they're going to free up cap space. I said, like, really the only... The only freedom they have to free up cap space there really is is healed and and Barnes. Uh, would you? I wouldn't be surprised if any of them did get moved, but it'd have to be a value, you know. That's all. Well, you feel you free up cap space, you know. If um, you know, if they say they do let Rashawn Holmes walk, you know, you're not going to be able. You don't have the money to go sign anybody, so you kind of what what they would do is they kind of how they did with Son Whiteside. They bring in cheap guys, and then you play for you know, cap flexibility for next year. That's what it would be. You know, you're playing kind of staying, you know, staying uh, competitive this year and then playing for cap flexibility later on. But I don't know, man, it's going to be, it's an interesting year. It's going to be really interesting. I'm excited for it because, uh, 
McNair strikes me as a guy who gets it. You know, his, his moves, like you said, with the McDonald's thing last year, his moves at the trade deadline, yeah, dude gets it. We've been, you know, one of the big things we were harping at all season um, until the trade deadline was Corey Joseph. It was like, hey, what's the number one thing we have to do? We got to trade Corey Joseph. And he got it done, and he brought in some guys who could play, you know, like DeLon Wright and, you know, Terrence Davis being here and stuff. They Guys who can play or they're NBA players, and you shed $12 million freaking dollars, dude. Well, you know what I what I like about the Corey Joseph move that um, it's just it's 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 like I said the nerdy aspect of GMing that may go unnoticed is that he knew that the Kings were going to have to get a backup point guard in the offseason, right? So if Corey, if I remember right, Corey Joseph, if he if he basically his didn't get optioned in the offseason, which they wouldn't have optioned his twelve million, he had he, a player he, option, I think, didn't he? No, I think he had a team option, and and what would happen, or he would could have been waived. It wasn't. I don't think it was an option. I think he could have been waived, something like that, right? But we don't have it in front of us. But what I do know for sure is that it would have been a three million dollar cap hit on him. Is what was what would have going to happen? So the Kings would have had to eat three million to cut him, which would have mean meant that they only would have saved, I think, nine million on him from cutting him. And so what they did is they were able to trade him. For, and, and then they would have had to go and get a backup point guard anyway, right? So what they did is they traded him for DeLon Wright, who's only like $8.5 on the books against the cap this year. And they got a point uh, point guard, which they were going to have to get anyway. And then they had basically a $3.5 million savings in the difference between the two. And that's what I liked about the DeLon Wright moves, because then you have a guy who is not locked up. You don't have to over... Because if you go get a backup, a pure pa- backup point guard on the open market, it's three years... You know, it's ten to twelve million. That's why Corey Joseph got paid. So instead, they get a guy for another year or two on eight million, um, and, and that was just like that was like a nice little move right there. That 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 move right there, the Bogdanovich move, um, among I guess all the other little ones. I guess he did is th- those ones there show me that he's he has a plan. He values cap space, and he's looking a year or two ahead. And that was one of the things with with like Vladi that I didn't really ever trust. You know, and you can never trust you. I never trusted Vladi that he was ever thinking about the cap space. I mean, he he if you went into the he went to the season a couple of years ago where um he gave Buddy Hill that that extension, a multi-year extension, and then that was last year. Yeah, and then he and then he didn't sign Bogdanovich, but wanted to sign him at the end of the year, knowing he was gonna put a hit on their cap space. And then he did like that whole shit with Giles about, oh, I didn't I wanted to motivate him. Didn't pick up his option. Yeah, yeah it wanted to like motivate he, him. Yeah. yeah, you can't change your mind mind on your cap plan like every couple months, you know, it's just kind of weird. I never trusted him. So that that's the thing I right now uh I am optimistic about that type of stuff into into the offseason. Even if no major moves are made, major guys aren't traded, I'm really look I'm going to really look to see about what cap is locked up for the next 2 or 3 years and, and what players are locked up and things like that. You know, that that's what I'm I'm excited for in a way of the next couple weeks. Yeah. And then, yeah, that Corey Joseph thing, he it was a player option. So he signed a three-year, $37 million deal player option. Dude, that's why it was so fucked. That's why we were so like, dude, what the fuck? We got to – it was three years, $37 million player option for the third year. And it was like, holy shit, dude. Like, that was, that was you know, that was the big deal. Yeah, but, just, just, yeah, just I mean, they, out here. Obviously, they could have cut him, right? They Obviously, they could have cut him, and you're going to eat money, but – you still gave this, you gave Corey Joseph a three or 37 million. It still baffles me, dude. Like just saying that I just looked it up on basketball reference and it just baffles me that it's like, dude, Flotty, what the fuck were you thinking, bro? Well, not, not to mention Dwayne Deadman. Too. Dwayne Deadman in the same off season. What yeah, a fucking that's, idiot. 
That's oh that right God. there. The fact that anybody thought I don't know how many people were like last last year like Vladdy shouldn't shouldn't get fired. I don't think there were too many people. I think most people were down with that. But um, you know, going back to that that whole offseason, like that right there shows why guys get canned and why there's just more to being a GM in, in, in the NBA. You know, there's just more to it than that. And and, and it even goes too, Ryan, which is funny how you know kind of reminiscing back to last offseason how we were we came on king's cast that first year and really were behind the trade bogey don't sign bogey like basically we were not behind bogey every step of the way and all of the people who were it's like dude you're you're literally uh campaigning for vladi divox plan to come to fruition you know the guy didn't know what the hell he was doing as far as cap base and building a team yep. and all he was he was just trying to take care of guys it was a weird weird time you know i really think if you look at if you look back on that and in the firing of jaeger and then that off season going into last year i would say right there that was a that was that was a time where if the kings had had the right people in place it was really a time where they could have taken that next step but i really do think he set them back two years which is this year we just went through and then this next coming year the one move the one move that um you know it was his. At least he went after Zach Levine. Okay, let's just put it that way, <laughs> right? <laughs> like the the Zach Levine thing. That was the right move. You know, that was the hey, let's go get him. And Zach Levine was like, yeah, I'm in. And then obviously, you know, the Bulls are like, fuck that, you're staying here. But hey, body tried, I guess. Like he had the right idea right there, I guess. But you're right, dude. The f- like that. Oh my god, what an off season, dude. Like, but did he go after Otto Porter too? Uh, I don't remember. I can't remember. Dude. I feel like Otto, they, no, no. Otto Porter. Otto Porter went back to the Wizards for like a hundred and twenty-two yeah, million. I, th- I thought they went after him. Traded. Uh, there was probably talks of it. I can't remember that far back. It's been like four or five years. That was like that summer that it, everybody got paid, dude. Freaking Bismack Biombo got paid. I remember that. I remember being like, "What the fuck?" Uh. I got it right here. I got it here. 2017. Yeah. I got it. Auto Porter reportedly offered a max contract offer sheet by the Kings in 2017. Uh, four oh years, God. 100 million. But, you know, you know, so a, that was before they got HB. They were desperate for a small forward. Some of the, the best moves that uh, Vladi made were, were moves that didn't happen for that never actually came through and moves that kind of cleaned up his own mess. So it was, the, it was that move for Levine. And then it was really the, uh, <laughs> the trading of of Deadman for basically expiring contracts. I will give him an applause for that because I remember thinking, man, they're gonna have to package first round picks to get off this fucking mess. Um, you he know, must and have, then, he must have gave up like some inside secrets to get out of that, bro. There's yeah, no same, he, 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 something happened. There was some same thing with shit. Trevor Trevor Ariza too, like getting off Trevor of that. Ariza, but yeah. man, in one offseason, Deadman Ariza, Corey Joseph off a, t- uh, you know, that's why I said that offseason really really set the Kings back two years because they they had they were. They were right there in the ninth seed. They fire Jaeger. They had just acquired you know even, Barnes. It, you and know then they go worse? and get they go and get Trevor Reza. They go get Ted. They go. You know, they get, you know what's even you know what's worse too is it was that the same year as the Marvin Bagley draft? No. No, it wasn't okay, Marvin Bagley. Draft. I was gonna yeah. say I was gonna say you wanna put all time bad all time bad off seasons, dude. Uh I'm getting my years mixed up. Yeah, Bagley was the year before, I guess, but dude, oh my god. It just shows, but it go. It shows the importance of an off season and like how, you know, off seasons aren't. You don't always win taking that big, huge step, 
you know, that huge, that huge swing to the fence. But you can really lose by doing the wrong thing, making the wrong move, cut, you know, signing a guy or a couple of wrong guys and, and putting yourself in a pickle, you know, and that's that's the offseason. So I was really looking forward to it. You know, it, it's going to be real exciting. And uh, man, the Rashawn Holmes one, that's going to be I, I want it to end. I'll be honest. I'm looking forward to that coming to some type of conclusion, you know? Yep. 100 yeah. percent. We're going to be right. I mean, we, we, you know, for the last two years, me and you have picked something in the beginning of the season. And we've died on that. You know, it was last year, Bogdanovich, and this year was the Rashawn Holmes thing. Hey, we're going to, you know, we, we like to do that in the beginning of the year. What's going to be the big topic this year? You know, what are people going to talk about? In two years in a row, we've picked right. Um, and, and the Rashawn Holmes, he's not getting 20 million, dude. That's fucking psycho, dude. It's, it's, it's psycho. Crazy, man. So we got a couple episodes, Ryan. I think our next couple weeks, I'm thinking they're probably going to look like this. We have definitely going to do some Kings casting review. We got to get KC back on for our Kingsland episode. It's been a minute since we've had him on. Um, the long-awaited Tease trivia episode. Um, the draft's coming up. Just the offseason is really fun, and Kings cast will keep bringing it to you. So, hey, guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find me and Ryan on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and at Kingscast Ryan. And we're very active on our Facebook group, Kingsland. So check that out and join that. Um, if you are enjoying the podcast, slide down after the show, throw us five stars, help us get out some more listeners just like you. Um, so with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Kings. episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.